Welcome back, all of you regs and all of you shinies, to the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe, the 1313 Podcast. I'm Jackson. I'm Tommy. And thank you so much for joining us today. Just a quick reminder, if you want to talk to some amazing people all the time, every single day about Star Wars, please consider joining our Discord. We also have a Twitter, well, an X now, yeah. an Instagram, a Twitch, and if you want to help support us financially, we have a Patreon and channel memberships, too. But... Other than that, I was really going to say we posted a short earlier this week and it got a lot of traction <laughs> and we got a bunch of new subscribers and followers. So if you yeah. are one of those people, thank you so much for being here and for deciding to check out our content today. We appreciate you a lot. Yeah, it's approaching 20,000 views on Instagram That's right now. That's just 20,000 views. It just keeps hitting the out. I know on YouTube, I'm pretty sure it died out and it yeah. mellowed out. TikTok, it kind of did the same. I'm surprised it's still kind of hitting the algorithm for a decent amount of time there, but... It is weird because when it hits the... Like, all the algorithms hit differently. Like, TikTok takes a couple hours. Mm. YouTube goes, like, right away. Yes. And then Instagram, it kind of takes a couple days, and then it starts to ramp up. Yeah. But you also get, like, waves of, like, people that comment because mm -hmm. it's, like... At first, it's, like, real people commenting, and then after the first, like, day, it's all people using, like, burner accounts and, like, troll accounts that yeah. are just, like, commenting different kinds of stuff. But, yeah, exactly. if you want to go check out um, that... Tommy made a short. Clip, we did a short. And, yeah. We talked about our opinions, and we were very honest. And it was just funny because mm -hmm. it's what we've been saying for the past few months, and we just put it in a short-form content video. Yeah. And it hit so many people instantly, and so many people... Or just outraged and calling us shills, which was hilarious. Yeah, if you want to check out some of me and Jackson's best replies to some of those trolling comments, uh, you should go check out our Discord. Yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. But other than this amazing funny short that we did, Tommy, did you do anything interesting or fun this week? I got a washer and dryer this week. For here? I, I did. I bought a washer wow. and dryer. Jen and I found a crazy deal uh, for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. They were doing a the sale. Martin Luther King Jr. Day <laughs> deals. They spat on that man's grave with that dude. The, Holy cow. Were, Lowe's was doing a sale on washers and dryers. And so we got a really good deal for both. Um, and those got delivered the other day. So I can finally do laundry without having to set aside four hours of my day to wow. either go to my parents' house or go to a laundromat. So it's great. That's just crazy, that was dude. That was my big thing this week. I what about yourself? I guess my only big thing, I started back at school, but other than that, I did my initial strapping with Commander Bly for my fives armor. By the time that this video goes up, I will have one week to finish the armor in time Ooh. for our local otters game. So the crunch time is now, the crunch time is real uh, tomorrow. So yeah, two days of when this podcast will have come up, I guess. Um, we're kind of splitting up the paint jobs. There's only really a couple pieces really you even need to paint, which isn't a huge deal. Yeah. It's just a lot of weathering too here and there, but then it should be good. So I'm really hoping to make it. I will stay up late every single night next <laughs> week. If it means getting it done, I will troop as fives at this convention. I'm just determined. I feel bad texting your dad all the time about this and be like, I have this and this done. What do we need to do next? Can I do anything? Just because it's just this close. Trust me, he does not care at all. He does not care. Oh, okay. No. This is just one of his favorite things to do, so he gets a kick out of it. That's um, nice there. So, 
I mean, as far as Star Wars goes this week, we are in a we're still in this kind of weird drought right now where Lucasfilm has been kind of rearranging. Uh, we had the big announcement a couple weeks ago. Was it last week even about the Mando movie? Yeah, yeah, it was, it the Mando was last movie. week, and this kind of got drowned out by the Mando movie, in my opinion. Um, yeah, uh, there was a little interview that I caught. I I don't remember the source, but it was with Diego Luna, mm-hmm. who plays Cassian Andor. Uh, he said he has to do two more weeks of filming for the Andor season two uh, shooting. So. I guess it's not done. So that info that we got from Dave Chapman uh, at a convention a couple weeks ago must have been incorrect, or there was some kind of last minute, you know, thing that was written into the script or something, you know, going on last minute behind closed doors that they need uh, Diego Luna to go back. Um, so that probably confirms that Andor 100% oh, yeah. will not come out until either end of this year or beginning of 2025, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, so I mean, it's kind of what we expected to anyway. Andor wasn't really projected to be in the list of shows for yeah. this year too, so it takes a while anyway to produce this and edit it and yada yada. But like, that's crazy. It's two weeks until wrap at this point. I yeah. can't believe how fast this was developed just because for some people, Andor is a very polarizing subject because people will say it's the revival of Star Wars content. And then you have people online that are like, you actually believed Andor was good and it was the revival of Star Wars content. So it is what it is. Take it for what you will. It's a certain genre. If you're not really a fan of the genre and you like other things, Star Wars, it just simply is what it is. Uh, Yeah. So Jen and I actually this past week, we finished our, our watch through of Rebels. Yes. And now we're on Andor. We've already watched Ooh, nice. we've already watched the first two episodes. Sweet. And as we're watching it, I was sitting there and kind of remembering when we were podcasting about Andor and kind of the same thing we talked about in our year in review episode we did a few weeks back. I remember Andor was really polarizing when it mm-hmm. came out. I remember seeing so many people Saying that Andor was boring, yeah. it sucked, it it you know what didn't feel like Star Wars. You had huge content creators saying the same, mm-hmm. and then I don't know when it happened, but all of a sudden in the last year, Andor is now this huge phenomenon, and it's the most the most uh, the biggest thing that Star Wars has ever done, and the most impactful thing that Disney Star Wars yeah. has ever made. I don't know when that narrative flopped. I don't mm-hmm. understand. I mean, I think Andor is a great show. I don't yeah. think it's the best Star Wars show um, that Disney has released, but it's like I don't know when that when that public perception changed so, so like it did a whole one eighty. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I'm glad at least it did a one eighty. So people at least just maybe had to let it cook a little longer for them to like it. Mm. But yeah, it's a great show. So happy it's getting a season two. For sure. Hopefully it won't. That was my biggest thing, too, is that I was a little bit like, mm, about uh, Bad Batch, just because season two had such a bad response, in my opinion. Yeah, and now, now the see. last se- Well, the next season is the last season. Yeah. So now I'm like, crap, like, what do... Is that maybe why it is the last season? So mm. Well, I don't know, though, because now I see a lot of people say they like the Bad Batch or that they think it's just okay, rather than saying they hate it. So I don't, I don't know when everybody's opinions changed on all these shows lately but but yeah that's our that's our that's our little thing that's really the only thing that i've seen star wars wise this week but we have a an interview 
to yes. talk about. Sorry, because you were only talking about your dad. I was texting no, your dad, and then he just tried calling me. So I was like, crap, I can't take this call. I'm in the middle of the shoot. But yeah, so there was, again, this was kind of drowned out last week, and it was honestly going to be one of my original suggestions for a topic. Probably came out a week and a half ago now, which I mm-hmm. would say. There was an interview on Katie Sackhoff's podcast called Blah, Blah, Blah with Sam Whitmore. Yeah. And I was like, holy cow, maybe this could have some interesting things about Star Wars and things. And it did. I would say it did. What most surprised me was that Sam Whitmore got his start uh, and met her, I guess, too, during Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. I've literally never seen that. I know what it is. Yeah. But I just thought that was interesting just because, I mean... Sure, as a kid growing up in the early 2000s, like you only know Sam Wentworth for everything he does as Maul and right, the Clone right. Wars. And Starkiller. And- exactly. So I was like, oh, he does other things, I guess. Yeah. Um, so for the, if you don't know, Katie Sackhoff voiced Bo-Katan in the Clone Wars and Rebels and then played live action Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian. And then Sam Wentworth, like we just said, is the voice for Darth Maul in the Clone Wars and Rebels. He has voiced... Uh, oodles and oodles of other characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to check out the full um, interview, it's on Katie Sackhoff's YouTube channel. Yep. If you just search up her name, she'll pull, she'll come up on YouTube. You can go check out her blah, blah, blah podcast. She also has audio on Spotify with the video mm-hmm. too, like us. Yeah, she does. Um, I thought it was great. I thought, it was, okay. I mean, it, it was about an hour and 20 minutes and it didn't even feel like that. Um, so I have I some guess- notes. Yeah, that's fine. I guess while you're scrambling for some notes, what mm-hmm. I didn't realize that kind of surprised me the most was that Sam is still very much involved in voice acting specifically for like Star Wars characters mm-hmm. and Lucasfilm. roles. Mm-hmm. Because something I didn't realize is that uh, when they were talking about the droid, the torture droid from uh, Return of the Jedi, he voices the torture droid in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. see him in the kitchen scene. And he was talking about trying to recreate that voice and he was trying to analyze because the droid itself is voiced by the director of return of the Jedi. So he was trying to get like the right amount of like roboticness to the voice and the enunciation. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, there were several things that they talked about and it would be more just general, like broader, broader strokes. And obviously they're actors that are employed by Lucasfilm. So they're going to be a little bit more choosy about their words. Mm-hmm. But if you look at, into what they're saying, it's not hard to uh, interpret what they're meaning by what they say. Yeah. I thought it was something that they talked about that I really liked was um, a sense of entitlement. And they they very briefly brought it up. But they talked about entitlement with, uh, and they didn't say like, like Star Wars fans specifically, um, but they talked about this sense of like feeling like a character belongs to you even though you're not, you have nothing to do with writing the character or feeling like something about the franchise belongs to you when really like at the end of the day, it's the people who write the story that Mm -hmm. have all the, all the control over how that character is written. Um, so I thought, I thought that was a nice little point. Um, but I thought that uh, something to, to mention that would tie in really well with last week's episode Mm -hmm. was they talked a little bit about fans opinions about star Wars changing over the years. Yeah. Yeah. At least from that, what kind of made me chuckle a little bit too, is that when they were talking, Katie Sackhoff was mentioning how her character in the latest season of the Mandalorian had a very big role and was supposed to do a lot. And she was worried the entire shoot that, fans weren't going to take it so well and she was just under a lot of stress 
And Sam kind of commented too to be like, yeah, the fans always have the first say about what you did wrong. <laughs> so I guess it's funny in a way that they're all conscious of the fact that as soon as anything Star Wars releases, people are going to say it's garbage and there's nothing you can do about it. People are going to like you who are going to like you. People who don't aren't, aren't going to, but still, I thought it was something that they know Star Wars is like the most critiqued thing ever, I would say. It was almost like a it was almost like a moment of breaking the fourth wall. Yes, because 100%. It was like it, the things that we have talked about so many times on our show knowing that the major actors in Star Wars not only are conscious of it but have an opinion on it. Mm-hmm. Like in that they share our opinion on it. Yeah. I think that made me feel really validated in the things that we said specifically on last week's podcast. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, specifically the point where they acknowledge that there's a group of fans who are going to hate what you did and how you performed no matter what. And just acknowledging that helps them to ease their conscience about their performance in these, in these TV shows. I mean, mm-hmm. The, the part of that, too, was Sam Witwer talking about um, briefly how people were dumping on the Clone Wars yeah. when it was coming out. And that, like, big wig producers in Hollywood and, like, fans and things like that would, would uh, come up to them and talk about this stupid little show they're doing and George Lucas has lost his mind and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And hearing that from them really made me realize, like, I mean, I know several times recently we've talked about the revolving door mm-hmm. and it just, it just really, for me, validated the whole, vera- the revolving door argument. You know, we've had, we have so many times in the Star Wars fandom where something new comes out and people are so harsh on it when it comes out. And then over time, people's opinions mellow out. Exactly. And to know that that even happened with like the Clone Wars is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That was interesting. I mean, because again, we've always, Star Wars is for kids Mm -hmm. and the trends certainly show that, that as soon as the young generation has a voice, it changes. Yeah. What I really liked too is how he was mentioning how the the gentleman who plays Proxy in The Force Unleashed was the same same person who helped develop Republic Commando and a bunch of the other like video games. And he was saying when Republic Commando came out, people were talking about how it was a huge flop. It didn't sell well. And now he says now the sales for it are like really high, even though it was a game that came out in late, no, it was the early 2000s, yeah. I'm pretty sure is when right it Right around out. Attack of the Clones. Yeah. And now he says you can't go to a single convention without seeing a person dressed as a clone commando, mm-hmm. whether it's from that game or it's just the clone commando, like, like armor itself as white or custom design. And again, that very much speaks to the fact that like, it's the kids that are growing up as Star Wars that love it and cherish it. And as they grow up, they get their own voice and they can start to do mm-hmm. things to back that up. But yeah, again, especially with the Clone Wars, seeing how much people hated it in Hollywood, it's like, dang, but who isn't going to hate Star Wars, I guess? I think we're a perfect example of that. I mean, we are to the point with characters from the Clone Wars that we have gone to such great lengths to join the 501st Legion and make our own costumes to wear. Yes. Of our some of our favorite clone troopers. Mm-hmm. Yourself with fives, myself with Arc Trooper Blitz. And just to think that when we because even when I was a kid, and it, it kind of is like, I wish I could go back to that sometimes. Because when I was a kid, I had no idea about the backlash that the prequels or oh, the Clone exactly. Wars was receiving because I wasn't 
exposed to the internet. We we grew up right before the internet became like super mega mainstream, and there mm-hmm. were like everyone had a Discord I've and a YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> like before, like everyone had a Facebook group and a and a, a forum to talk in. It was like we grew up right in that little sweet spot, and so almost like being like blissfully ignorant in a way. Yeah. just enjoying the content. I never thought that it was like a stupid, goofy cartoon. To me, like that was the Clone Wars was was my life when oh, yeah. I was like it a was kid. peak, and yes. it still is in our opinion. But yeah, it still is, and I think that's I think that's a big point to point out. I mean, um, our clip from last week's podcast. If mm-hmm. I'm going to bring that up, uh, I saw several comments on that. You know, I because part of the one of the arguments we made last week was the prequels were hated on when they came out. Yes. And there are many valid criticisms of the prequel trilogy. Oh, 100%. Just like there are many valid criticisms of the sequel trilogy. And the OT. You know, just because just because we say that there are criticisms of the prequel trilogy doesn't mean that we hate the prequel trilogy and we love the sequel trilogy. That's something that people just jump to conclusions to. What I saw a lot of comments on was very young people who grew up after the prequels had already come out mm-hmm. saying the prequels have no, there's no valid criticism of the prequels. They're good movies. No one ever hated the prequels. No one, no one did. And it's like, it's crazy to me, you know, that, that complete difference of perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and, and almost like ignorance of, of, of truth. You know, I think that's something we deal with beyond star Wars though, is people deny reality so that they reality can be whatever I want it to be kind of a situation. <laughs> yeah. So their opinion can make sense and it's, it's kind of crazy actually. Yeah. But it is what it is. I didn't know he, uh, I don't know. Sam Whitworth dropped out of Juilliard, which yeah. I thought was interesting because I don't know any of us in Star Wars who has attended there. I'm assuming that there has been, but the only one that I know of is Adam driver, but even besides him, I thought it was uh, interesting when he was talking about how the school is also very much made for you to perform like theater. For theater. And not really like on like a movie or a TV show and that right. in these high societal stuff, it's it's looked down upon if you're in a movie or a TV mm. show, you better be in opera. I mean, that's very much how Ian McDermott was when we saw him at ICCEC. Because that's all he's really loved is theater, but that's also his passion. So I'm cutting the dude some slack on that. That's least. also like a really British thing, though, because like. Oh, exactly. He was literally geeking about how he's going to go play in Hamlet like, <laughs> later that year. And I was like, OK, dude, I read through Hamlet once in high school and I hated it. I was but, like, Ewan McGregor, Andrew Garfield, like all those guys have done have done theater. Oh, exactly. You know, musicals and everything like that. But what I also didn't realize, too, in the moment was he was talking about how, again, how he did the voice of the torture droid in Book of Boba. Yeah. How he kind of, like, specializes a bit more in, like, voice stuff, too. Yeah. And that's how he's been able to do a lot for Star Wars and, I guess, other projects as well. Did you catch that he alluded to he's in some upcoming Star Wars projects? He did allude to that. I was like, ooh. And then he was like, NDA, NDA, NDA. Yeah. And then he almost made a comment about a project that he's going to be in like a specific project. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously we don't know to what extent he is going to be in these upcoming projects, but to know that he's involved enough to have, to have to sign an NDA. I think that that just goes to show, 
you know? It's just always a pleasant surprise when he's in something. It was awesome yeah. to see that he was the voice of Marok, and it's crazy to think that he's Emperor Palpatine in the Bad Batch and all the other animated stuff. He can still kick it any day with Maul, which yeah. is crazy. But dude is just really, really talented at these, like, deep, dark character voices. Yeah. There was another thing, too, that I that really caught my attention when I was listening to him and Katie Sackhoff talk. And that was the way that they talked about Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. They obviously Lucasfilm is an employer for them. So obviously they're not going to talk badly on Lucasfilm, but I think that what they were coming from was, was from a place of respect Mm -hmm. and especially a guy like Sam Witwer, who is, who is a huge fan of star Wars and same with Katie Sackhoff. These are people who have watched everything. Like, they don't just come on, do their job, like, you know, say their lines and leave. They actually know Star Wars. I mean, mm-hmm. we've heard stories about Sam Witwer correcting Dave Filoni on the set of The Clone Wars, you yeah. know, um, for recording sessions. Mm-hmm. And these people know what they're talking about. And to hear them talk highly about the people at Lucasfilm and say nice things about them, it speaks volumes to me about just how much, you know... I, Aside from the narratives that we see online all the time, you know, it confirms that Lucasfilm does actually care. Mm -hmm. The people that work there do actually genuinely care about this franchise and and what's to come. Yeah, that was definitely a unique unique take to see from their perspective as well as very well-employed employees of Lucasfilm and Disney to see them work with the Star Wars team. But again, it just shows that Star Wars has always been in good hands and will continue to be because the people working on it are the fans. Right. And it it, just, it also just helps because, again, it, it also is nice to hear actors that, are, that have been in recent stuff mm-hmm. say nice things, you know, yeah. because we've had so much drama with actors and writers and directors yeah. and all you ever hear about is the drama. And so it's nice to just hear nice things being said. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I want to believe that this company is, is making stuff, you know, it's, it's fans making stuff for other fans. Yeah. And I, I just hate, it's so discouraging to always see negative when it comes to, to Star Wars. Again, it's, it's a very vocal minority that talks so negatively. They're Mm -hmm. very outspoken about it. Um, but it's, it's just nice to see more of a positive take on, on the company that's making the content. Yeah. Something that actually kind of shocked me in the thing, well, in their um, episode, because it was kind of like a total like fact check, something I didn't know. And something I feel like we've mentioned on the podcast a few times is that we've always talked about like, yeah, like Katie Sackoff is supposed to be Bo-Katan. That's who it's modeled after the entire time. And that's why she does the voice. But that isn't the truth, I guess. They yeah. talked about how Bo-Katan is modeled after Dave Filoni's wife. Yeah. And... Katie Sackhoff just so happens to almost look like that version of her. Yeah. So that's why she plays her in the TV show. And then, I mean, she is the voice in the Clone Wars already. But still, I was like, what? That blew me away for sure. Because I was like, now I look like an idiot and thousands of people will fact check me one day. <laughs> as soon as they find where we said that in an episode. But still. <laughs> I, I did like when they were talking about specifically about Dave. It was it's it's always whenever I hear or watch something that Dave Filoni's in, it's always like super entertaining because he just has a certain way about the way he talks about star Wars. It's so, it's so much more intelligent than 
I could ever talk about Star Wars, mm-hmm. or anyone I know could ever talk about this franchise. And it's because he learned directly from George Lucas everything there is to know. He had just has such an enlightened perspective on the franchise. And I just I love hearing people talk about him talk about the franchise, mm-hmm. you know? It's um Dude's the guru. And then his whole tree of trust thing. Have you seen the that original interview? No, I haven't. The the so in the interview, Sam Whitwer kind of talks about Dave Filoni, um, and the oh you know the tree of trust and you know the branch falls off and uh, you know, well that was at Star Wars Celebration when they did their Clone Wars panel two years ago I think it might have been okay at Anaheim was the last one, um, yeah they did Dave Filoni was doing there's a Clone Wars panel and he's like just going on and on about like. Well, you know, you're keeping it a secret, you know, and I couldn't tell you. He's talking, to, I think he was talking to Ashley Eckstein. He's like, I couldn't tell oh, you man. because, you know, the tree of trust and someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it, it is nice though, because, uh, I see a lot of negative stuff about Dave Filoni recently, which kind of blows me away because I feel like Dave Filoni was like in, in people's eyes, the savior of star Wars for a little while there. And then, some people didn't. not with Minnesota. No, Mid Soka apparently. Mid Soka. <laughs> Some people didn't like Ahsoka, and then all of a sudden, Dave Filoni is like the worst man to ever touch Star Wars. And I think that people need to get past what they think Star Wars should be, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, Dave Filoni learned Star Wars from George Lucas. <laughs> Dave Filoni is making Star Wars how Star Wars is meant to be made. And whether you like that or not is irrelevant. Dave Filoni is telling the story as it was meant to be told. He knows the force better than anybody. You know, I see, for example, there's a lot of discourse going around about Sabine uh, tapping into the force in the Ahsoka mm-hmm. series. And how is she just able to force push somebody yeah. without any training whatsoever? And then it's like, you. this whole thing was explained to you throughout this whole show and in other shows too. Oh, 100%. there are there are people who are naturally talented with the force, mm-hmm. but there are other people that who who tap into it over time and it's it's when you when the, you need the force, the force will will tap in. And it's the force it's Freddie Prince Jr. said in his famous like rant that he did on a podcast yeah. years ago. The force dictates who will win and who will lose. Yes. It's all predetermined. Mm-hmm. It's not It's not like power levels or like, you know, like who's got more lightsaber skills and things mm-hmm. like that. And I understand the frustration there. Yeah. Because it can get really convoluted when you have things like, you know, Darth Revan or Starkiller or even like Cal Kestis. Like these people with just these like ridiculous force abilities. And then you have this where it's like, the Star Wars, the Star Wars movies and shows are they treat the Force completely different because mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, well, I just watched the Rebels finale. Yeah, the Force is not a weapon to be used in the video games. Oftentimes, you're using it as a weapon. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that's the whole point. It's a video game. Like that's yeah. what you're supposed to do in a video game. It makes it more exciting. But Star Wars, you know, the Jedi specifically, they do not use the Force as a weapon. The Force helps them. It, it's it's a a tool that guides them. You know, it, and Ezra says that to Palpatine in the finale of, of Rebels. And I forgot about that line. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think a lot of fans need to hear that again. Um, 
Yeah, I just I, I think Dave Filoni is just gonna and especially where he's at now at Lucasfilm, his new position, I think he's just gonna take this franchise like to places it's never been before. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely good things ahead for Star Wars. I can't really think of anything else that was oh, I was trying to think of some other bits from the interview that were interesting. They did mention at one point that kind of going back to Bo-Katan, that her helmet with the wig yeah, doesn't yeah, fit yeah. right. But Dave Filoni just so happened to have a, a replica. Yeah, a replica helmet that was made for his wife in his office. So he grabbed that. They used that in the scene, and then they just CG rendered it as the Bo-Katan helmet. And that's so... It's always funny to see, like, what were, like, little things maybe during shooting that we won't ever get to see because they don't really do outtakes anymore, I yeah, guess. Yeah, reels or stuff. I mean, at least we're getting... For the Mandalorian consistently, we've had like the behind the scenes, like the making of, but we're not really getting that for some of the other shows. And I really wish we did because I like Same. that kind of a look at it because it, it makes it more personal. Right. Um, there was one. There was one thing here. Uh, I how Sam Witwer got the job as Star Killer. Did mm-hmm. you catch that little anecdote? Yeah, he's mentioned it before in another uh, few interviews as well, like how he gets like Star Killer, and it's. It's an interesting like thing just because, again, it shows how knowledgeable he is about the Star Wars universe and the subject itself, even at that time, just like as a fan, too. I, I never knew that the whole reason he got the job was because uh, David Collins slipped in his picture, his headshot with the people, because mm-hmm. when they had like the original painting of Starkiller, it like kind of looked like Sam Witwer. Yeah. So the fact that he got thrown in and like he slipped him in and they were like, yeah, you got the job. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like that's, what are the odds of that? Yeah. There's another famous interview too. He's had on a show where he talks about like during the auditions for it, you have to like, there's a scene where you have to pretend to meditate. So like everybody else who was auditioning was doing like, you know, standard Jedi meditation but for him, he describes, like, white-knuckling it and, like, being uncomfortable. And that's when the director's asking, him, like, well, why are you doing that? And he's like, well, he, the character's supposed to be a Sith, and therefore he doesn't know how to meditate. And that's where they connect the dots, and they're like, this guy might be onto something. <laughs> and that is a scene that is still in the game, too. I actually just beat the Force Unleashed again, like, two Did weeks you? ago on the Switch. It was so much fun. Absolutely loved it. How does it play on the Switch? It plays really, really good on the really? Switch. I have the Switch Lite just because I believe that if I wanted to play something on a big screen TV, I would buy it on my Xbox. True. But it it was exactly like the Wii version. If you have the Switch with the Joy-Cons that come off, you can swing them like the lightsabers, like how you could the Wii remote, That's awesome. which is pretty neat. But... It was fun. My most favorite part, too, is the cheat codes, because I remembered putting those all in with Jacob and getting, like, all the outfits and the abilities. Yeah. I put in everything except God mode just because I don't believe in... I believe in boosting my stats a crazy level, but not being (laughs) invincible, because if you're invincible, what's the point of the game, even at that point? So I put in everything, and I played in his, like, dark side outfit. I want to play the the alternate ending to the force unleashed where you do become the emperor's like next uh, apprentice, but that's on PlayStation and it's also locked behind PlayStation subscription service to games, which is such a shame really? because I used to always watch the clips of that online of like star killer kills, like Ben oh, and, right, Leia right. and Luke and all these big characters. You're like, Whoa, but yeah, and it's stuck behind a paywall. 
Stuck behind a paywall, unfortunately. Mid-station. Actually, crap, did you see the thing that was sent in the Instagram earlier about the next Star Wars game in development? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. It wasn't... It was discussing the next Star Wars game... The Mandalorian The Mandalorian series, but it wasn't... I had thought originally that the company developing it was going to be Bethesda, but it isn't Bethesda. It's It's the people who make the Wolfenstein series. Yes. And so... People are already going crazy over that because they're really, really good at making first-person shooter games or shooters in that genre and engine because I know the Star Wars license was given to a bunch of companies. I would be excited for anything except Bethesda. I'm actually over Bethesda games. Fallout is amazing, and I love Skyrim, but their engine is for a very specific style of game, and if I had to worry about a Star Wars game where I was just as clunky, I wouldn't care too much but which, which chat was it in it was it was in battlefront 2 i'm pretty sure is where we put it yeah 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 yeah, yeah okay yeah that was discussing the development of it because we had some quote-unquote leaked images of the game or of things in the game take that with a grain of salt because we don't know because it was an anonymous leaker so it could be true could be not true id software known ID software. for the doom, oh, the doom franchise. series was their other big one too that was for yeah but that's really really hype i'm for sure. excited for that i would love to see another star wars game in this year come out. no aren't we getting outlaws uh maybe who knows? I forgot because that Who came knows? out when I was at training, and so like a couple days later, I figured out a new Star Wars game was coming out, and I missed all the hype and the big news about it. So I was like, "Dang it!" If I want to talk about like my biggest frustration with Star Wars right now, like as sure. a, as a franchise, all right, it's the lack of video games. Yep, like, I agree. We I don't have games. I just I want a like turn my brain off like first person shooter Star Wars game that's not Battlefront Two. Mm-hmm. Battlefront Two has been out for like this year. It will be seven years old. And as soon as it hits ten, the servers will go bye bye because that's how online games run. And there's the rumor that Respawn is working on one, but that I haven't heard anything about in over a year. Respawn would be dope. And it's like I just want and it's I don't want like a like a Rainbow Six style. I don't want like a. Like, I just want literally like a. I can shut my brain off. Go play this like, Pete like like Call of Duty style. You should you know you like play Jedi Survivor on your new Xbox that you have. I will, but that's what I mean though. That's like a story game. That's like yeah. a single. I want like a game that I can just get on with my friends, like we do with Battlefront. Mm-hmm. We can get on. We don't have to be super like locked in when we play. We just have to. Yeah. We can just like BS with each other. And just have a good time. But I can also, like, level up and, like, get different guns and customize my character. Like, those were always my favorite kind of games. Just like an MMORPG. Yeah, like an FPS game or, like, an MMO or just, yeah, yeah, something you can just kind of... Even, like, a free roam game, like a multiplayer free roam. Yeah, I think that could be a fun idea. I think that's honestly just my biggest frustration. I just want, like, a, a new game to play. Yeah, I felt like for the past five years, almost to a decade... The market has really suffered in just good, fun, single-player games because, I mean, like you said, when you get online, you want to play with your friends. So every game is catered towards that. So I feel like we've seen a very sharp decline in single-player games, but it's it's nice just to have that kind of a game to fall back to because my whole queue right now of games is switching between PUBG, Fortnite, and Battlefront 2. Yeah. That's the only games I have, and I have like 
one or two story games on my Xbox that I've already beat, but I don't really have the motivation to get a new one. I guess that's why I was more excited when I got The Force Unleashed on my Switch with the whole, it's a seven pack of games, which is really cool because right. it has Republic Commando, the KOTOR games and whatnot, but it was fun just to play a single player, non-consequential game and just have fun in the Star Wars universe. I feel like if we're going to get something that's like this Doom or Wolfenstein right. thing where it's like a Mando-based game, I'm confident that that'll be a single-player game. And it won't be like a big multiplayer experience. True. Because that's also not what that company is known for. So I feel like that's a benefit for us. Yeah. And that's a thing for me that I I just wish that these, these games would... Maybe, or even just do something different. Like, the idea of a Mando game where I go, like, do bounties and, like, things like that, that, to me, appeals so much more than, like, I don't know. I had my fun with, like, Warzone and Fortnite and, like, Battle Royale-style games. I also feel like those types of games are starting to get stale. It was a genre we didn't have in a public, in a very easily accessible environment. But now it is. So now it's like, eh, what's the point? Right, so I feel like it's just, I mean, Fortnite's been out for, like, what, like, seven years already? Yeah, like it's, it's been still a long good. Time. Clone yeah. Troopers in Fortnite. Clone Troopers in Fortnite. Uh, yeah, man, it's just, I just wish that there would be some more games that come out, and hopefully, you know, we'll actually see, like, it's games look like... up the Outlaws release date. Games like Eclipse will also see the light of day at some point, because, I, I mean, that cinematic trailer looked pretty cool. Um yeah, but didn't that already say it was going to come out? Okay, no, Outlaws comes out this year from Ubisoft. Okay. Yeah, as of now. Late 2024 is what they are saying. Which is crazy because last I heard it was supposed to be spring 2024. The the thing I'm just looking at, IGN just says late 24, oh. but IGN is literally like the fake news network of video game news. <laughs> like, I can't stand it. If they say a game is trash, it's probably good. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I... I don't know. This is a weird time to be in right now because we're there's no new games, mm-hmm. there's no new books, there's no new movies, no new shows. So we're just you, always in some sort of dry spot that occurs for a few months. We'll get the new show or thing and we'll freak out about it and then we'll hit another dry spot. And then I feel like that's also like this this time we're in right now. I feel like this is the one of those moments where like the Star Wars drama, the internet drama like it's always its biggest it's, during a it's at its peak. period. Yeah, because everyone needs to get their clicks and get their little like. Their because little for video those in. people, they survive off making Star Wars content, so they have to do Star Wars related things. But I feel like there's plenty of Star Wars content out there that's like not podcast from like people like maybe Luke's uh, lightsabers who just makes like fun short form Star Wars yeah. content on Instagram and TikTok or. People who make Star Wars merchandise, that's really cool. Like No Hope Supply. They're about to release the the Thrawn Troopers. Like oh. it's a shirt, dude. That's going to go crazy. That's gonna I've go been nuts. expecting for that drop to occur at some point. Yeah. There was a, I think, I forget which podcast, because I watch like three or four different Star Wars podcasts mm-hmm. um, other than our own. And like there was, there was one podcast I saw last week or the week before that was saying that they don't want to see Grogu in the Ray movie. Well, that makes sense. And I feel like, again, the, the biggest difficulty in star Wars is releasing all these, uh, 
multi-trilogy based works that like flip-flop in the timeline. So then how do you explain to somebody that this character isn't in it when they're in it later? So I feel like, I feel like Grogu is a little bit of an unrealistic expectation for what the Ray movie could be. I feel like he'll definitely be in the Mando movie for yeah. sure. But I would speculate that the Ray movie is going to do something completely different from what we've seen before. And that could be the fun, unique part is what occurs after, I guess, the Empire's Fall and the New Republic now has to reform and realize that it was a corrupt form of government. Like, where does the galaxy go from there? I mean, it definitely won't explain where the galaxy goes from there. We'll see it lived in. But well, I know where it goes. Where does it go, Tell me. It goes woke. And then it goes broke. Because <laughs> that's what Star Wars does. According to... I don't know, everybody online who was commenting on our short... Neckbeard69420. Yeah, dude. And all the homies I call the soy boys. Shout out to the people who didn't use profanity in the chat. Thank you, we have children who watch. <laughs> dude, well... well that was that my was, favorite comment. That was something... That, that actually, that was something I was going to tell you before we started recording. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, now that we're talking about it. The... I was looking at the numbers. You know, yeah. I know we always talk about there's a vocal minority in the Star Wars community mm. that like that thinks that they're that they are representing every Star Wars fan and they love to go out of their way and call everyone a fake fan and they love to mm. say they hate everything and that they are defending the legacy of Star Wars. But I was looking at the number of people that went out of their way versus the number of people that that just gave a like or, you know, just gave a repost or something mm -hmm. like that. That proves that there are more people that like it than there are people that dislike. It's the same as um, when we, I mean, I used to work retail with you mm -hmm. guys. When you work retail and you're doing a sales job, you are in a position where it's a lot more difficult to get someone that's happy with their product to leave a review than it is someone who's unhappy with their product. Because yeah. someone who's happy is is that's the expectation, is they're going to get good yeah. service. So if they get the service they expect, they're either not going to say anything at all, or if you, you know, really, really push for it, you know, mm -hmm. or they're just a really super, super happy about their experience, they're going to leave a review. But it's much more likely that someone who's unhappy or even remotely unhappy is going to make sure that they leave a negative review. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Just because my phone was even blowing up too over the past few days of like, so-and-so's followed you on the podcast Same. account. Like a lot of people were just starting to follow us and like um, our reel that we put out. We got a bunch of new subs like how I mentioned before. Yeah. And even with stuff like that, I just... When I see content I don't agree with, I just swipe away. I just don't see a point in commenting. Yeah. Because to me, commenting on anything on the internet is the equivalent of yelling at a cloud. If you comment on our YouTube videos and you're trying to talk to us, we will talk back to you like a normal person. Oh, there's a one who's DM'd us today. Yeah, someone, yeah. it was funny. Someone actually DM'd me when I was at work uh, about the video because they're like, what's that Commander Cody statue you have in the back? And then what are those like uh, mini clone troopers that you have in the back too? So. There's enough life on this ice cube to fill a space cruiser. It's it's What's the up, Anakin coat. It's hey. the Columbia Anakin coat. What's going on? How's it going? going on, Sorry I didn't respond to your call. It's all good. All right. I'll stand by. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> That's Commander Bly, everybody. Commander Bly. <laughs> Just burglarize my home. Um, Broken Aura House. <laughs> I heard a bunch of steps. I was like, I'm pretty sure Jeff doesn't stop. Well, Jen doesn't stop that long. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, but, you know, kind of what we were saying before was kind of negative reviews and people. I, I thought that, I think that's interesting about current Star Wars discourse is mm-hmm. what was funny about what we were talking about was that it had nothing to do we will be just talking about Star Wars, yeah. and what we're talking about has nothing to do with the sequel trilogy. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, all these like these no name like, and it is exactly what we said it was. It is men under the age of thirty, <laughs> and then you have a bunch of like super old men. Yeah, that are that are so angry, and they just every time they comment, they have to jump to the sequel trilogy. And what was crazy was that you know yeah. when we're talking about Star Wars. Never do we say that we, you know, that the sequels are without flaw or, you know, because mm-hmm. the sequels absolutely have their flaws, but so does every other part of Star Wars. And that's what I think people miss the train, miss, miss the boat on. Mm-hmm. People miss the boat on the parts of Star Wars that you're here to enjoy. If yeah. And it's exactly like you said, if you're a fan, you're going to watch the content, Yeah, you know, and, and. I think you can probably speak to that better than anybody. If I mean, if you don't like something, that doesn't there's mean some for everybody. Yes, there's something for everybody, and and it. I think it's important for people to know to form their own opinion rather than just jump on the angry mob, you know, and and jump on the outrage train. Yeah, but yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's. We don't have much to say this week. That's other than it. That. It's just uh, if you're a Star Wars fan, just be a Star Wars fan. You don't. You know, there's no. There is no reason to jump on all these these soap boxes yeah. every single you know every time something comes out and it's like an us versus them because you there there are plenty of people out there who hate the original trilogy just as many as there are people who hate the prequels mm-hmm. there are certainly a lot of people who hate the sequel trilogy you know but for every for every one of those people that makes sure to say something there's 20 people that liked it and just don't care to say anything yeah. and add their add their take you know yeah that's true. That's true. It's also a point about echo chambers, too. Yeah, yeah. that is factual. Mr. Lasher warned about that. He did. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, I feel like that's it for this week's podcast. Yeah. A little bit of a light one this week, you know. Just, Nothing uh, too crazy. Check out Katie Sackhoff's podcast, blah, blah, blah. blah she blah, is going blah. to have, she has a lot more uh, celebrities on it now that the writer's strike is over. And Correct. she can because she had to uh, postpone it for a period of time. She'll probably have more Star Wars peeps on there. I know I was intrigued to see Sam Witwer because that means he very well could be on Vanessa's show very, very soon if he's Ooh. doing appearances and he's not too busy. So please, Sam, go on Vanessa's set and look <laughs> at our candles and be like, who, who are those sexy gentlemen? My candle isn't there because it broke in the mail. Thank you, mail delivery person who treated our box like a soccer ball. I hate the mail system. Thank you everybody so much for watching today. We really do appreciate if you made it this far. Remember, if you want to chat with people on our Discord, please sure to join that. We have Instagram and X account. Please support us financially if that is something that you would like to do through our channel memberships and our Patreon. And we will see you all next week with some hopefully more news. Goodbye, Goodbye. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the 1313 Podcast. Dun 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 d
Dun 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 dun. Hum da da hum da da hum dun dun dun. Hum da da hum da da dum dum da dum. Badum badum, badum badum, badum badum, badum badum, badum badum, badum badum, badum dum. Hum da da hum da da hum dum dum dum. Dum 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 d